Hey, who fans? Welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 190. Yeehaw! Have you ever thought what it's like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension? Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. There's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes. The trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. Great men are forged in fire. It is the privilege of lesser men to light the flame. I'm the doctor. This is Rose Tyler. She's my plus one. Is that all right? That would be me. Hello. Surprise. Boom. Etc. I'm the doctor. Do everything I tell you. Don't ask stupid questions. And don't wander off. How can you kid this? I don't like the colour. Howdy, howdy, do who fans? Hope you've all had a cracking week and that you've managed to do something, something Doctor, Doctor who, who related. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's back. Yeah, I've missed that intro. God, missed that little intro. I've although missed I have, your little voice, mate. <laughs> I was going to say, although I have been listening in, just to check you weren't talking about me behind my back. <laughs> You've uh, been checking up, make sure I've been behaving. That's it. I got back and I, I listened to the latest podcast with you and Phil, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. I think, oh, he's a bit good, this Phil. I, I might be in danger of losing my, <laughs> my job. <laughs> yeah, it was a good, uh, good show with Phil. He's a good guy. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. 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 yeah I like, like the fact he's such a big Sarah Jane adventure. Uh, fan as well which is good because like you said on the thing we've only seen a few so we're still like oh, where are we going with this so yeah that's yeah. good to know yeah mm. yeah so thank you phil for doing that mate mm-hmm. it was good but uh regular hosts are back in in the swing of it that's it i'm back now t- to reclaim my yes it headphones <laughs> i've missed your little face and your uh, voice yeah i'm rivaling you with the beard now as well uh oh, i know you can't see listeners but um just before I went away, I was teasing Gary about his beard because it's been getting big. And because uh, I've been away for nearly a month now, and I didn't take any razor or anything with me. Mine's, uh, I think I've overtaken you actually. My, I look a bit like Brian Blessed right now. <laughs> I've really let, I really went into traveler mode. I was like, I'm not taking any razors, I'm not taking any deodorant, I'm just going to go full traveler mode. <laughs> and I'm still in it. <laughs> uh, listeners that don't know, Adam has been. On his travels to, have indeed. to yeah. China and the surrounding areas. I've been, I've had a real cracking time. Been, yeah, I was supposed to go away for about two and a half weeks, ended up staying away for a month, uh, as you do. <laughs> as you do. Yeah. Just get to extend it out. I was like, oh, a couple more days, oh, a couple more days. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been all around, I've been around Hong Kong, I've been around Thailand, I've been around Vietnam, I've been absolutely living it up, mate, loving it. Awesome. And all this time, any anywhere I've been, I've always tried to search out a little hmv or something to see if there's any exclusive doctor who stuff out there you know just because i'm away doesn't mm-hmm. mean i'm not hunting down merchandise to spend all my money on and uh, yeah i didn't, yep. didn't find much this time i'll be honest but yeah that's because you but found all of it already yeah it's because uh, yeah i've already <laughs> got it yeah it's true actually yeah i was going along the listing and got that one got that one yeah i do like if you find something with a different cover though yeah you know i mean i'd love to get that's like, cool yeah yeah some something like that yeah very cool, mate. So it's good to have you back. Yeah, cheers, bud. Very cool. Good to be back. Yeah, it's good to be back. Other than 
And I suppose you have. Actually, no, I know one thing you've done, but other than uh, being China-bound, mm. have you done anything cool Doctor Who related? I know you've been to one cool thing. Yeah, I did. I threw yeah. myself straight into a convention. Yeah, I was That's like, hardcore. Is. I, I must admit, I felt pretty hardcore doing it because I was <laughs> like, I got back at five o'clock in the morning uh, the day before. And um, and there was this uh, Showmasters Collector Mania event in Birmingham, which is about a two hour train journey from me the next day on the Saturday. And I was like, I looked at the guest list and there were there were a few really tempting people mm-hmm. um, like uh, Camille Kaduri, who I know me and you often say we want to meet. Obviously oh, yeah. played Jackie, Rose's mum. Mm-hmm. Mark Williams, Rory's dad. Oh, yeah. Um, Michelle Ryan from Planet of the Dead. And uh, and also, actually, the, this was added ages ago, but you could, there was also the chance to get a photo with John Leeson and the K9 prop for £10. And I've got to admit, <laughs> I probably would have just gone for that because that was yeah. added ages ago. And I kept thinking even that was just tempting me to go. Um, and then they added Richard Wilson mm-hmm. at the last minute. Now, I'm a massive one foot in the grave fan. Oh, I know Absolutely you are. You huge. love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> And um, and I've always wanted to meet him. And also, he he was in Doctor Who uh, mm-hmm. in a, in the fantastic uh, the Empty Child episode. Um, so that was it. That just swung. I thought I don't care how tired I am. I'm getting up on Saturday, and I'm getting that train down there. And that's what I did. And um, I had a really good day. I met, met all the peeps, and they were all really cool. I have to say, Michelle Ryan was particularly nice. She was so friendly because um, she was at a Phantom event a couple of weeks ago, which obviously I couldn't go to, and uh, we chatted a bit about that because she's. Yeah, she started doing a bit more of the convention circuit, probably because she's yeah, yeah. doing big finish and stuff. But she was lovely. Um, yeah, it was a great day, mate. I met with, you know, met with uh, the usual Motley crew and friends at Ad the Hoovian and my friend Will and stuff and uh, lo- loads of other people that I see at these events and just had a great day. But my goodness, was I shattered on the way back. <laughs> <laughs> I look like, well, I look like death on the way home. I took a picture of myself on the train. I was just like, oh dear, I think I overdid it. So I've... Um, been sleeping pretty much ever since then <laughs> it's, it was wicked mate it's good as i said it's uh, i loved my travels absolutely fantastic time but it's uh it is good to be back and nice i've come back home. home to yeah. a few little bits waiting for me of course i kept thinking you know be bound to be a few little parcels mm-hmm. and um not too bad for me um i had a few complete histories waiting for me um i had uh the tom baker no, sorry, The Fourth Doctor Adventures, Part 2 from Big Finish. Oh, yeah. It's like cool. a box set waiting for me. And uh, and the Series 3 Steelbook was waiting for me. Oh, um, right. Yeah. Did you buy it at the end? I didn't buy it at that price, no. Because <laughs> I, I think people, you know, regular listeners will remember that I, I particularly was really unimpressed with the artwork mm. and, and was quite vocal about it. Um it, it it is one of those things that it does actually look better in hand. I must right. admit, when I opened it, I was like, oh, here, here it is. <laughs> you know, because I bought it because I was never not going to buy it. Obviously, I'm going to buy them all, even if they are, you know, not as good. Um, but it actually looks quite nice. It isn't, it's nowhere near as good as the first two. There's no two ways about it. But it, it actually looks better than I was expecting. It's quite a nice little right thing but um but i agree with you mate i'd wait for it to come down a little bit i think 20 quid would be about right for it it's uh how much does it feel 24.99 i think yeah it's still that on amazon yeah yeah it's just you know like the first two they felt pretty 
special mm. you know you sort of think well they're worth the money because they look gorgeous and stuff <laughs> this one it it just looks nice if you you know if you add it on the shelf it's like, that's a nice deal but but it doesn't have that wow factor of the first two if you know what i mean but it's no, it's not as bad as i thought i remember when we first saw the cover and i was like well that's awful <laughs> you know yeah well it's not it's going not, anywhere no it's not going anywhere they've got loads in stock um so the um it's 24.99 as we said um, but series one is still 30 quid. Really? And series two is still 30 quid. So they've dropped the price on this one because they are not selling any. <laughs> so, no, uh, well, it's it's not as good. I mean, it's not, yeah. you know, no two ways about it. But it's 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 still all right, as I said. It's better yeah. than I thought. I was quite su- pleasantly surprised when I actually opened it. I will pick it not, up, though, just for the OCD satisfaction. Oh, you've got to have it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got to have Don't it. mind uh, owning the same thing like three or four times. I <laughs> know. Oh, well, that's who, that's us who fans, isn't it? That's what we do. That's who fans, mate. Yeah, <laughs> a bit like this season twelve box set that's coming out, the fourth Doctor one. I mean, uh, you know, I heard some people saying, "Ah, oh, but I've got all the DVDs and stuff." I was thinking, I don't care. I can't wait for that set, oh, especially now they've released the image of all the mm, limited beautiful. packaging. I think it looks amazing. Yeah, yeah I'm buzzing for that release. Yeah. yeah, cannot wait. Yeah. So that's been me, mate. That's me done and dusted. Um, somebody had a birthday yesterday. <laughs> Somebody's a year older. Thank you. <laughs> a year closer to death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Not that the glass isn't half empty, but you know, the beard is is greyer and thicker. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, a bit more snow in the beard. Yeah, a bit more snow so how- on the mountain. So how was your birthday? Because I saw a certain picture on on your Facebook yesterday that I was a bit wowed by. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, yesterday ended up being awesome, mate. It looked it. I had a little hiccup, but for the most part, it ended up being awesome. So um, for my birthday, my wife said to me, look, we've got to, because she's nagging me for weeks. She was like, what do you want to do on your birthday? Because she, she got me to book the day off. And she's like, right, what are we going to do? Because I want to treat you, I'll take you for lunch and whatever. And I couldn't think of anything. I said, let's just jump on the train, go into London. We'll have a look about and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll hit up the usual. So I went to FP and picked up a couple of bits there. So I finally caved in for the, you know, the T-shirt that they released. Oh, yeah. A month or so ago. The, the logo one. The new logo with the black, with yes. the white tie. So I caved in and got that finally. Yeah. Because um, I'm sort of, you know, on my journey to getting my head around the new logo, which I'll mention in a minute. But um, so I picked that up and other couple of bits. Um, so we did that. We went off, did a couple of things, and I went to the 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 BBC offices. You know um, where is it, where something place, whatever it is. The the where where they do the radio. That's stuff, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And because uh, you've been there a few times, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me, when you've been there before, have you had to pay to go in or pre-book what? or anything? Because you know when you go in and you look to the right, you've got the TARDIS prop and the Dalek. Yeah. Have you ever had to pay to go in to have and go and have your photo taken? No. And a selfie. So when Nat and I walked through the doors, immediately there was two big security guards there saying, are you BBC staff or press? I said, no, we're just here (laughs) to have a look at the TARDIS prop and and get a photo. Yeah. No, you're going to have to leave. What? I said, are you sure? Because... You know, with all due Since respect, when? you know, yeah. uh, you know, I know a lot of, you know, my friends who have been here multiple <laughs> times and have taken photos and it's been fairly chilled. Yeah. No, we've put a stop to all that now. You can't go any further than this two foot area without, oh. without a pass or anything. What? So I said, 
okay. It is, you know, I tried to play up, you know, a little bit. I said, look, it's my birthday today. You know, my mm. wife brought me into London. I'd like to get, you know, something Doctor Who related, picture-wise. <laughs> Can I just sneak over there? I'll take one photo and then I'll be out your hair. Yeah. No. Not having it. Blimey. So that was, uh, it felt like I was trying to, um, it felt like I was trying to break into somewhere. Yeah, you know, I'm like, really surprised about that. I mean, it's not that long ago I was in there. That's what I thought um, you were in there. Well, I took a million pictures. Of, mm. <laughs> yeah, because um, they used to have a little, used to go in, they got the TARDIS and the Dalek on the on the right, then you turn left and then right again, and there was a little BBC shop. And they in the shop they had like the EastEnders pub, yep. pic, you know, mm. like a giant picture and some other stuff, and you could look through the glass window and watch the BBC News being you know made mm. and stuff and yeah and then i know not so long ago they closed the shop probably about a few months back six months maybe they they closed the shop so you couldn't go in that bit anymore mm. but um but i know friends not even that long ago that literally weeks ago were going in and, and just having pictures of the tardis because that's what you know that's what we do when we're in london we go and find these little places that absolutely yeah. You know, so that's um that's quite sad actually that they've knocked it on head because it's it's only just inside the door as well. It's not as if you could suddenly run in and get into the studios. It's literally no, it's before no. you even get to the desk. Yeah, well they've got some metal in. detectors there. Just as you go in through the main doors now, they've got mm. some like metal detectors and stuff, and yeah, there's like security guards there as well. You can't. There's no way you could get through there to the proper. No. office area so yeah literally like you said as you walk in and turn right there's a couple of little sofas and then you've got them there so i tried my best mate but they weren't having it oh man that's so, that's, that's sad that was a hiccup yeah. so mm. uh, and then after that was on our way back to um st pancras to get the train home who do i bump into mccoy sylvester himself yeah so it was one of those times, mate, where the stars were aligned. <laughs> I love that saying. Because if I hadn't have been thrown out of the BBC studios like some hooligan <laughs> trying to yeah. break in, I would have missed him. Oh, that's pretty cool. I yeah. love it when stuff like that happens. It's awesome, yeah. yeah. I didn't even, I literally bumped into him. So, mm -hmm. uh, and um, when I noticed him, I said, to, I said to my wife, I was like, that's Sylvester McCoy. She was like, no, it's not. I said, that's Sylvester McCoy. I'm telling you. I said, I'd never be wrong about this. So did you literally bump into him? Yeah, well, I sort of, you know, you know, Lunched. when you sort of, you look up and then you're about to walk into someone. So you sort of, <laughs> you're about to say, oi, get out of my, oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And she was like, well, go and get a photo. I was like, oh, because the thing with me is that I, if I see a celebrity out on the street, just, you know, doing their day to day life sort of stuff. Mm. I don't know. I just, I just don't like to disturb them because I know that. You know, sometimes when they're not at conventions or whatever, they just like to get on. Yeah. You know, they don't want to, you know, so I sort of respect that sometimes. But then I thought, yeah, so we, we, we walked off around the corner and then I thought, do you know what? Nah, sod it. I'm going to go and chance What's the it. worst that could happen? Yeah. <laughs> so Nat went off and did some shopping. All our looks at the shops in St. Pancras. I went around, waited for him to finish buying his, whatever he was buying in his food shop, like mm. packs of ham and whatever. And I went up to him and just said, I noticed you a little while ago and I'd really like to have a selfie with you because you're one of my favorite doctors. And, uh, he was really friendly. He was like, yes, of course. No <laughs> oh, so we had a selfie and then I just stood there and had a chat with him for about 10 minutes. I think it was oh, just cool. awesome. Yeah. It was, uh, he was telling I bet me you were really relieved. I relieved, was, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. if he'd have said no, do you mind? Yeah. yeah I would have yeah, felt exactly. really bad. Yeah. 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 
But no, he was really cool. He was really friendly and relaxed. And he was telling me about this epic trip he's going to go on in a few months. He's, um, and where's he off? Yeah, he's, he's going to China. Uh, Is he? To see to, uh, his granddaughter being born. Oh, right. Um, but he said he's sick and tired of flying these days. So he's doing a land trip. So he's going via Russia, somewhere oh. else. Bang- yeah, he's going all over the place. Oh, it's wow. going to take him like three months or something to get there. Yeah. And um, so he was <laughs> he was going to the Russian embassy in London to sort out his visa for it. So he was telling me about that, which he was quite enthusiastic about. And then I was asking him if he's got any – I knew he was going to be at London Comic Con anyway, but I said, have you got yeah. any cool conventions coming up? He was like, no, I'm in London – in July, as usual. Um, asked him about Big Finish, if he's got anything cool we can tell me about that. He said, oh, yeah. no. He said, and- I've not, he said, I've done a, few, a couple of bits, which might be out. I said, I don't know when they're going to put them out. But he said, but I've done a few mm-hmm. things uh, a couple of months back. Um, but he said, but I've got nothing planned. He said, because oh. I've got this really long trip coming up. I'm going to be away for quite a while. He said, I've got nothing else planned. They and, do uh, recording quite far in advance. They've mm. done it. I think I remember them saying they've got like two years worth of Tom Baker still to release and stuff. So, yeah. 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 So I don't think he's going to do anything immediately. Um, and then I asked him about if he was going to be involved in the new Lord of the Rings um, TV series that Amazon are doing in the next oh, year yeah. or so. Because uh, I'm a big fan of Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and mm. stuff. And, uh, and when I said that to him, I said, I don't just want to bore you about Doctor Who. I said, I love your <laughs> character of Radagast in, in The Hobbit. I said, it was amazing. And he was like, yeah. packed up. He was like, oh, thank you. That's, uh, he said, that was great fun going over there to do that. I said, are you going to be involved in the new Amazon stuff? And he went, no. I said, I, I haven't heard anything from anybody and I don't assume I will do. But oh. yeah, it's, um, yeah, it was just really cool to, uh, and he was just so relaxed and friendly, you know, yeah. it was, uh, because some celebrities can be a little bit twitchy around fans, when, especially when you catch them on the hop. Mm. You know, they just feel like, oh, I just want to get on, you know, you've had your selfie, yeah. you, know, or, you know, thanks a lot, but bye. But he was just, yeah, he, was, it, he wasn't in any rush to go anywhere. It looked like he'd done what he needed to do and was just mulling around, really, not doing much, so... Mm, it's really nice i think it's that's the thing isn't it when you see a celebrity on the street it's oh should i approach him because you might catch him at the wrong moment and stuff um i think the fact it was a your birthday b you love mccoy's doctor mm-hmm. and c that you just caught him you know at a, a good moment i think is is brilliant that's just such a nice experience isn't it it's amazing it's, it's yeah, really cool and the photo you got of him is a great picture as well yeah it's cool really good yeah. selfie yeah yeah it was kind of a mccoy themed few days as well because um Mm. I put a picture on on Insta um, a few evenings ago. I was watching Remembrance while I was doing some coding work on our new website. So I was like, yeah, yeah I'm having a really cool Doctor Who themed sort of McCoy night. And then in FP, I just really, out of the corner of my eye, I noticed a little um, Imperial Faction Dalek, the little figurine oh, yeah. magazine. I thought, oh, I'll have that as well. And it had McCoy's picture on it. And then I bumped into him at St Pancras. So it's been a really cool sort of McCoy themed uh, few days which is awesome isn't it weird isn't it how stuff like that happens like do you know what i mean london's a big place the world's a big place and yeah. yet you just the two of you just happen to be at the same time it's pretty amazing actually the stars yeah. aligned mate the stars aligned. but i bet you were buzzing all that i bet that was like you know especially being your birthday but all the way back you were buzzing on that train i yeah. would be it made yeah. my day mate it was awesome yeah i'm glad he was nice yeah, yeah. did you mention the podcast to him oh of course yeah yeah, when's he coming on? Yeah, <laughs> well, I did say to him um, <laughs> just before I left. I said, "By the way, I run a Doctor Who podcast, yeah. and um, we're always very, very, um, we, you know, we we speak highly of you very regularly." Mm. And he was happy about that. And I said, um, "I'm going to uh, 
showmasters, film and comic con. So I'll come and get a, a pick, but I want you to record an intro for the podcast for us. Oh, cool. And he said, yeah, I'll do that. No worries. So it was excellent. Good. Very excellent good. stuff, mate. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. It was, it was really awesome. It made my day. It was awesome. Mm. Uh, other than that, uh, not too much else. Um, I've been watching some of the Hartnell stuff on Twitch. Uh, you've probably seen that a lot, mate, on social. I've seen it everywhere. Yeah. And um, I'm going to be honest, being a bit of an old dinosaur, I don't even know what Twitch is. But um, <laughs> but from what I can see, it's been really popular, which is fan- sure. anything yeah. that is introducing classic who to, to new people. I'm, I'm all for it. So hmm. just briefly tell me, mate, what is Twitch? Is it an online? Because somebody said to me, it's the last place. No, it was you on the podcast, I think. Mm-hmm. That yep. it's the last place in the world you'd expect classic Doctor Who or something. That's and right. Yet, yeah, it seems to have been really popular. So, so what is it? What is Twitch? Yeah, so Twitch is essentially um, a streaming platform, uh, predominantly for video gamers. Okay. Yeah, so um, you just, you know, you run your PC or your games console through it, and it streams yeah. it out onto their app or their website, and then just people just log on and follow people playing video games essentially um but what twitch are doing is they're trying to sort of broaden their audience a little bit so a lot of the um streamers that do um not just video games they're also doing things like live talk shows now and podcasts through the twitch app Mm. and they've also started to branch out and do these like tv marathons and classic who seems to be the one that's really grabbed the attention in social media yeah Um, so what they do is they they stream you know the program and you watch it as you would do any other thing but you've got sort of a real-time chat so everybody that's watching it <laughs> can chat and you know put their opinions across and stuff and yeah when you've got fifteen thousand people watching it and you've got the chat you know streaming beside it's uh it's quite a fun experience it's really good i've, I've seen a lot of people saying about the chat being quite entertaining yes. uh, for better yeah. or worse and also this big london 1965 thing oh, yeah. exploded yeah. while i was away so i opened my twitter you know while i'm in vietnam whatever and it's like everyone's like quoting 1965 and i was like what's this about what what is this about and it's so it was used in the trailer right so what why did it become a big thing I still don't really get it. I know what it is. It's Ian and Barbara, Ian Barbara. being dropped back on Earth. And he goes, look, Barbara, it's London, 1965. But yeah. why has that become a thing? I don't quite get it. Well, this is the, this is one, well, like you said, the chat, you take it for better or worse. But this right. is one of the things that have, has come out of that. So all it takes is a few people to like that little nugget of the story. I see. And then everyone else sort of latches onto it and then it becomes a hashtag. And then it's become a thing. And it, ex- it explodes. Yeah. So ah, it's gotcha. really, really cool. Um, and I've watched loads of Hartnell, mate. I've watched, um, so it started on, oh, when was it? Second of, uh, the end of May, 29th of May, something like that. Mm. Um, so I've watched Unearthly Child, the Daleks, the Aztecs, Invasion oh. of Earth, the Romans, the Web Planet, the Time Meddler, the Gunfighters. Oh, wow. And the War Machines. The Gunfighters, oh my goodness. The Gunfighters, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so it's been just really cool to, um, it feels like, like a global who event where you've got mm. thousands of people watching it with you. It doesn't feel like you're isolated at home and that's it. Yeah. So, um, and it's going to run for ages. I think it's another six weeks worth of, or five weeks worth of, of who it's going to go all the way up to McCoy's era. Um, so I don't think they're showing every single one. They're showing 500 episodes or stories. Right. right. Um, so you're going to miss out a few, but for the most part, it's all there. I'll tell you what has really warmed my heart seeing the comments on Twitter is the amount of people that are now loving Hartnell. 
because I've I love Hartnell's Doctor and uh, mm-hmm. he often people kind of dismiss him a little bit um, and uh, it just seems like a lot of people are rediscovering him through this which I to me can only be a good thing like I've seen a lot of people saying oh I've just watched you know just watched um, oh I can't think of, you know the War Machines was mm-hmm. on the other night I think people were saying oh, I loved it oh well Hartnell's such a good Doctor and I'm like yes he is a good Doctor I'm so mm-hmm. glad that people are like. You know, and it, I always assume that Doctor Who fans have seen every episode, you know, just in my in my head, I always mm-hmm. assume people have just seen everything. So it's always great when I see that people are watching stuff for the first time and they're like really getting into the black and white stuff. Like, you know, the fact that somebody may never have watched the black and white Doctor Who before, but because it's on mm-hmm. and they've sat there and they've watched it and they've really, you know, it's really got them into it. I, I just think it's great. I think Tomb of the Cybermen was on last night. I saw a lot of Tomb of the Cybermen tweets and people quoting it and you know, um, people were quoting the war machines. Doctor Who is required, and it's it's brilliant. It's so good, and I I'm so glad it's popular because the BBC now might just sort of uh, it's probably given them a bit of a confidence boost in Doctor Who again because you know they know it's popular, but it's taken a dip this last couple of years. We all know that, yes. and and yep. so the fact that this has really taken off in a big way, <laughs> I think it will have taken them a little bit by surprise as well. And I think it's it's you know it's all good. Mm-hmm. going towards the new series as well and you know I, I'm, I'm just really pleased it's been so popular because yeah it like you said it's an unlikely choice of platform so mm, it's really really good yeah it's really good and also it's really accessible as well so twitch has got a website that you can go to or you can put the twitch app on your phone or your ipad so you can watch classic who pretty much from where, wherever you are do you have so. to sign up to it or can you just literally go to the website and watch it no you can just go to um whatever the whatever the url is i think it's twitch.tv forward slash twitch presents cool i'm gonna have a look tonight to see yeah very cool so last so last night uh june the 5th was tomb of the cybermen the ice warriors and the enemy of the world oh superb and it's on for a good few hours mate it's uh they play like three stories in a row tonight june the 6th we've got the web of fear the dominators and the mind robber Oh, Mind Robber Dominators is a bit, yeah. but Mind Robber, oh, yeah. yes, good and one. And then, what's today? Wednesday. Um, yeah, and then tomorrow, Thursday the 7th, the Crotons, the Seeds of Death, and then the War Games. Oh, wow, which War le- Games? Yeah, which leads oh. us nicely into Saturday, June the 8th, or Friday, should I say, June the 8th, Spearhead from Space and the Silurians. Oh, it's just glorious isn't it's, it? it's, it's great awesome, mate. Yeah. it's so good yeah yeah very very cool so i've been oh, watching be having a look that. yeah yeah i'll have a look at it tonight i'll get myself into it see what's going on yeah <laughs> other than that mate that's been my it's, it's been a really cool week for both of us i think who wise yeah it has yeah uh, i got into a bit of a, a kef, not a, a bit of a discussion a on, uh, not really a kerfuffle but i got into a, a bit of a conversation on the interwebs about the new logo Oh yeah, I <laughs> saw. Yeah. Funny, yeah. <laughs> Were you wearing your new T-shirt at the time? <laughs> <laughs> it was. Um, yeah. So I looked on iPlayer because they've put all of who on there, which we'll come on to in the in the news. Um, yeah. And I put a screenshot saying they've put this bloody logo on everything now, <laughs> and that was the floodgates, mate. I just said, um, and it was Clayton Hickman actually that replied back to me and said, "I'm not getting all the why all the hate for the logo and stuff." And mm. I replied back saying, "No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. It's." Uh, mm. I'm not hating on the logo. It just feels, you know, wrong to disregard like all the previous era logos. And yeah, I said, and I, yeah. I end up speaking to about, I don't know, 10, 15 different people on Twitter about it. And, uh, 
Some people are like, yeah, I agree, it doesn't suit. And some people are like, just get over yourself, you know, why are you being such a bleep and a bleep? And, <laughs> you know, it's just who fandom, you know, sometimes when you say something, it's, you have to expect. It's just social media at full yeah. stop, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's funny. Yeah. No, go on, sorry. It's water for ducks back for me. It's just funny, like, yeah. you know, that's fandom. Yeah, it's it's so true. It does some things. It really suits because I I do like the new logos, you know. So for example, like I had um uh, the issue of um Tales from the Tardis waiting for me when I come back. That comic magazine. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's the first one to feature the the new logo, right? But right. because it's quite a small comic and the way the artwork is, the front they've stacked it. So it's the first time I've. I mean, it's the first time I've seen it stacked on a comic it's not mm. the first time i've seen the logo stacked but on something physical oh, right. and it doesn't look right it doesn't look it, it, it looks a bit weird you know um so i get what you mean i mean as i said as someone i quite like the the new logo but it, some things it looks great when it's going all across it and mm-hmm. i think some of the sort of new bbc audios coming out looks good but other things it yeah it just looks a bit weird <laughs> it does yeah it, um, it's funny because you'll see in my uh, um i just reviewed the robert harrop mandrel right and the box for that's got the great big chunky logo on all their boxes mm-hmm. have got that lovely yeah. big chunky logo and i think i'm not even sure i'm not even sure what logo it is it looks a bit like the mcgann one or something i don't know if you know what i mean but i was saying in my review it's only a matter of time before this changes to the skinny one and it's really going to get lost on that box yeah, it's going to look it really will. odd i think but anyway yeah i did see you open the floodgates yeah uh, but it's cool they had a good chat with clayton we exchanged a a few tweets and oh, yeah, cool. just clarified with everybody that I don't hate the logo. I'm not hating on it. I'm not trying to. Well, you bought to... a t-shirt with it on for exactly. goodness sake. Yeah. And it is growing on me. Don't get me wrong. It is um, yeah. slowly growing on me, but yeah. Uh, but I think the, the thing that I like it on the most that I've seen um, where you would not expect to see it. And I hated it at first um, is the series 12 Blu-ray box set. Oh, really? Yeah, because when I first saw it, as you know, I thought, this is outrageous. <laughs> How dare yeah. they? How dare But now I've dare. seen, like, the inside of that box set and the booklet and the discs and, mm. you know, how it all sort of looks together. I think, actually, that's not, you know, I'll eat my words on that one. That looks mm. pretty good. I like it. Yeah, I, I like it. I must admit, I do wish that um, you, they had, like, an alternative. You know, like Big Finish, you can swap the cover. I do yeah. wish that if you took the slip case off, it had the nice Tom diamond logo, right, but yeah. you know, beggars can't be choosers, but yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Yeah. In, in a way though, in a way, you know, we'll look back on everything that's been out merchandise wise for Dr. Who in the next year or two, and it will be unmistakable. That's what, true. What's Dr. Who because everything mm. will have it and it's consistent and unified and, and I do like yeah. that. Yeah. So in that yeah, respect, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, We'll be thankful, I suppose, in a year or two. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, mate, I suppose we should get on and do a bit of news. Yeah, go for the land it. So first up, Already mentioned it in the waffle, but all of Doctor Who, back from the 2005 revival, is now on BBC iPlayer. Hurrah! For your viewing pleasure. If you're in the UK, you're doubly spoilt because all of it's already on Netflix. But if you prefer iPlayer, if that's your choice of streaming service, then you've got the lot on there. 
And uh, yeah. there was a few tweets and stuff knocking about. I noticed it when they first announced it. Um, but there were a few episodes that were missing at first. Oh. Series 10, the pilot, um, the impossible astronaut, and another one. They were all missing. Um, but now they're not. Oh, I wonder why that was. So they were late to the party. Mm. They were the episodes that were stuck in traffic. <laughs> or they were just messing around outside. But Yeah, so the whole lot's on there, mate. And I watched a few of them yesterday. I watched Rose. I watched um, the, um, the Parting of the Ways and Bad Wolf. Oh, superb. Super duper. There's, it's actually still, to this day... Um, that's my one of my favourite two parts since the show came back. I absolutely adore Bad Wolf and Part of the Ways. I never ever get bored watching it. It's the speech, it's the it's the hologram speech. I wait for it every time. I love that scene. Yeah, I was tweeting it, as it, I was watching, mate, and it brings me to it reduces me to rubble every time. Every time Chris's yeah. performance is amazing in that. Yeah, I read you. Have yeah. a good life. Oh, have a good. Go, I'm going oh. now. I'm going. No, yeah. it's, it's brilliant, yeah. isn't it? It's so so good. It's excellent to have them all up on iPlayer again. Actually, it's um, hmm. it feels like uh, it feels like they belong there. Like they should be there for you know to to be accessed. Mm-hmm. You know, so that when you come in after a hard day's work, you can just crash on the sofa. You know, iPlayer yeah. on bit of Eccleston, bit of Tenant, whatever, and you know, yeah, a, it's great casual, to have them at your fingertip. Yeah. It is, yeah. But as a casualty of that, though. The Sarah Jane Adventures are no longer on there. What? Yeah. Oh, no. So they were all on there, but now they're not. Oh, but a lot of our our listeners have been using that to watch along with our reviews. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's I the BBC. I hope they come back on. Oh, yeah. it's the BBC for you, isn't it? Yeah. Thou shall giveth, thou shall <laughs> Take taketh away. Oh, no. Yeah. But, I hope they put them back on. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is good news. That is good news. Yeah. Right, in other news, um, Big Finish are taking a step away from the physical format. Um, I think this has been a long time coming, actually. Um, so I, I really like what they've done because I was when I first saw that they put this announcement out, I was really worried because mm-hmm. I've always I like a physical CD, you know, and I love the fact that Big Finish give you the download every time you buy CD. So mm-hmm. you know, you you got the download there if you want to, and you get a physical product to arrive in the post. So what they're doing is, um, because, you know, they can't just keep producing CDs to keep in a warehouse for, you know, somebody to buy every once a month, you know, Mm -hmm. after they've been released. So what they're going to do is they're going to produce a limited stock of CDs for each, um, each audio from now on. So not, we're not talking about their back catalog. They'll deal with that in a, in a different way. But so for every new release that they announce from now on, it'll have a limited lifespan on CD for at least 12 months. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they'll see how the sales are going and then they'll decide whether they need to press any more or if they're going to just get rid of that stock and that'll be it. But the, you know, obviously the downloads will be available for, forever sort of thing. Yeah. So it's good because I was worried that, as I said, when they announced this, because I know they, I, you know, digital is such a big thing now. And, you know, I know a lot of people don't buy CDs because they haven't got the room for them all, which is something we can both relate to. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, no, they're not announcing they're stopping doing CDs, are they? Which they're not. And I think what they've decided to do is perfect because yeah. it gives gives you a year. If you want the CD, you, you get it within, the, you know, a year of it being released. Um, and, you know, the good thing about Big Finish is that they are really good at communicating with their mm-hmm customers so like they've said in their announcement you know they won't just suddenly vanish we'll tell you when stocks are going to get low we'll tell you when you know we're going to discontinue them so you know it'll be like if you want a last chance to get it if you haven't got it 
will give you advance warning. So that's really good. They're also going to do, for some releases, they're going to do like limited runs where they'll only do like 500 CDs. Yeah. So rather than yeah. being available for just a year, you know, they'll just do like a limited batch of each of those. And when they're gone, they're gone. And again, they'll tell you mm-hmm. when they're going to do that. So it's, I love the strategy. I think it's absolutely perfect for them. And I totally get why they're, they're doing it. And it starts from, from, um, from now, basically from, now, from any yeah. sort of releases from now. Yeah. 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 No, I think it's good. Um, cause yeah. I think if they just, you know, took a hammer to all of the CDs and, and went completely digital, I think that would like yourself, mate, there's lots and lots of, big finish fans that like the physical cd yeah exactly. and it's yeah. only for, for me it's literally just a space problem i just don't have the room to mm. have any more you know cds especially the box sets you know stacking up i just literally haven't got any more room yeah, which is why I, I went over to um to digital only but i do think this is the first step in going digital only i i would say that in the next few years not immediately but because they're mm. saying that they're going to stock you know, a, a certain amount of them for 12 months after release. Yeah. And then decide to take them out of print or, or whatever. Um, but I would say that digital downloads are always increasing and physical copies are always decreasing. Uh, yeah. And I think it will get to a point, may, I'm not saying, you know, immediately, but in the next few years where they will say, you know, un- unless it's like a special edition sort of thing then you can get the the box set as a CD, but otherwise it will all just be, it'll be digital. But I think in the meantime, this is, this is a great uh, strategy. Yeah, I love it. Cause like you said, as, as CD sales goes down, the production cost goes up. So, you know, you have to take that into account as well, because before long, they'll have to probably charge like 20 quid for a double CD. And people will be saying, Oh, I'm not spending 20 quid on a double CD. You know, it's, but it's inevitable because production costs go up as sales go down. So it's yeah. a bit of a catch 22 and I can totally see why they're, they're doing it. But uh, yeah, as someone who, who, you know, likes to still have a physical release, I, I think it's, um, mm-hmm. I think it's a really good strategy. It gives, gives me time to get it. And then if it goes out of print, then, then fair dues. But yeah. yeah, yeah. I like the big announcement. I love the way they've worded it and, and, and what they've done. It's good, yeah. And I, yeah. I like that they've not increased their um, – the, the chairman, Jason, uh, said that uh, they've not increased the cost of their CDs since 2004. Mm. But during that time, the, the cost of production of CDs has gone up. Of course, yeah. So um, he thinks that this policy will please both sets of fans, which I'm sure it will. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've noticed, like, you know, over the last couple of years as well, like – They've they've sort of cut back on the physical release anyway. So you you normally get like the double sided cover, but you know in the earlier releases like the first sort of hundred and fifty whatever, you used to get like nice little photos from behind the scenes to record. You know they used to be like at least a sort of four or five, no what it one two three four five six page booklet or whatever. Now it's just like a two page or like a little one folded in half sheet of you know what yeah, I mean. So yeah. you can see that they've sort of tried to cut corners to keep the price where it is. But uh as I say, it's inevitable yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. And it costs a lot of money to print those booklets and have yeah, somebody design them and, and all that stuff. And the photos, yeah, it's all cost, yeah. Yeah. Uh so last bit of news. Um the BBC are going to close one of their legendary uh studios, recording studios, the Maid of Vale. Mm. Yeah. Over in, uh, is it West London? I think. Uh, yeah, West London. So this yeah. recording studio, well, this building, should I say, has been there since 1933. Blimey. A long old time. And the BBC purchased it back in 
the fifties, I think, and they demolished all the inside and they refurbed it and built a load of custom um, recording studios. And it was a um, it was a roller skating uh, place and a nightclub before that. <laughs> was it? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. So um, it obviously wasn't doing very well. The BBC uh, bought the building, uh, completely ripped out the inside, and then created all these really cool recording studios. Um, but from the, the late 50s up until the late 90s, it was the home of the uh, Radiophonic Workshop. Yeah. So it's in that very place where um, Delia Derbyshire and all the other guys there uh, did the very first and the early theme tunes for Doctor Who. Mm, mm. Um, so uh, Ron Grainer, who composed it initially, gave it to those guys and they're like, you know, do your thing. You know, you guys are playing around with all this cool electronic stuff. Do your thing. Yeah. And they came back with this really, you know, creepy, you know, what's now, you know, one of the most well-loved and well-known uh, things. And it all happened in that building, in that studio. Mm. Um, but, you know, the BBC being the BBC, um, who seemed to not value any kind of history or <laughs> nostalgia at all, have decided to just demolish the entire thing. Um, and as usual, the BBC are sort of masking this in, you know, whatever they usually do. And they've said that, um, that the, uh, the, the, the closure will be replaced by a new state of the art facility, um, moving to Olympic park in East London. Yeah. So they're going to close this one, assumably, uh, sorry, presumably they're going to knock it down, turn it into flats, or they're going to just knock it down and sell it. And then they're going to set up a new facility over in East London. So, uh, yeah, Maid of Vale, the legendary home of uh, mm. Radiophonic Workshop, is going to be no more. It's sad, isn't it? A lot of history in that building. It's, uh, it's sad. Yeah. yeah. But I think there's bucket loads of photos and everything from the, yeah. their time there and when they made all the Doctor Who music and stuff. So, but yeah, it's just a little, little bit sad. A little bit sad. It is. It's a bit like the BBC Television Centre. I never, ever, ever imagined that that would be anything other than Television Centre. I couldn't no. believe it when they closed that. Um, but uh, yeah, there we go. These things, times change. But yeah, sad. It's sad. <laughs> That's going to do for news. Mm. Uh, shall we? Shall we see if our Dalek friend has missed you? Yeah, let's see if he's missed me. <laughs> Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Oh, wait, N- nothing. Not even a. Not even a acknowledgement. Not even a flashing of the eye. Unbelievable. Oh, wait, don't be so rude. <laughs> he's terrible, isn't he? He's so rude. He's getting worse. He hasn't even. I thought said you might have. Yeah. I thought you might have brought him into line a bit while I was away, but he's he's got worse. Well. There aren't there aren't enough backhanders going around, <laughs> clearly. No. <laughs> so rude. Anyways. What's he got? Jenny's back. Jenny. The doctor's, the doctor's daughter, daughter. Slash wife. <laughs> slash. <laughs> so wrong, isn't it? Whatever, yeah, so wrong. But yeah. Uh Jenny is coming to Big Finish immediately. As you're listening to this, you'll be able to nip over to the big finish website and and pick it up yeah um so this has been a while coming i believe i think georgia tenant i think she still uses georgia moffat i'm not sure but georgia tenant 
uh, put something on Twitter about this ages ago, mm. long, long time ago. And uh, but yeah, she's um, the character of Jenny. Anyone that's seen the episode, the Doctor's daughter, um, is the. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly, but don't they sort of take a swab of his DNA, and then they've got this machine that immediately generates a clone, not a clone, but like a not a sibling. What's the word? Um, a daughter. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I don't know the word, but I know what you mean. An, an offspring. offspring. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And it happened to be this uh, female character called Jenny. Um, and the bit of blurb for it, so Jenny is brand new to the universe, born a soldier made from war. She has a Time Lord's heritage. Luckily, that Time Lord is the Doctor. And now mm. 10 years since we first met her, the Doctor's daughter has her own adventures for you to discover, discover courtesy of Big Finish. She's ready to save planets, fight monsters, and save the day using nothing but her bravery, wit, and instinct, and an awful lot of running. An awful lot of cool. running on audio. That would be exciting. Yeah, you're just <laughs> hearing footsteps for 10 minutes running down yeah. a corridor. Action music. Da, da, da. <laughs> uh, so what do you reckon, mate? Jenny, the character Jenny. Do you reckon it's worthy of a full-on four-story big finish release? What do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of. it is one of those characters I think should have been picked up. But the only problem is I think it should have been picked up um, a long time ago because I, I haven't really got much enthusiasm for it now. <laughs> I think if this had come out like five, ten, you know, five years back, whatever, I would have been like, yeah. Um, the only thing I would, yeah, I mean, me personally, I'm not that bothered about it. I probably won't get this just because I've got so much big finish. You know, I have to be a bit picky and choosy. Um, but I will say this, it, I, I think if anyone's going to do it, big finish of the people to do it, they will make it good. You know, they'll make it a fun listen. So I'm sure it will be entertaining and good, but it's, um, it's not one that's going to go in my collection anytime soon, I'm afraid, but mainly because of cost and space, to be honest, I think it'll be quite good. But yeah. yeah, that's how I feel about it. As I said, it's yeah, I just don't have much enthusiasm for it now. Um, but it does seem a character that needed sort of, you know, taking, taking on, I think. Because it was uh, strange that they created her and then just did absolutely nothing with her. Because wasn't it Moffat that said, you know, don't kill her off. I've, you know, I've got ideas. Yes. <laughs> and then never did yeah. anything. Yep. So, yeah, it's good. It's good to, you know, pick up from that story. But, yeah. What do you think, mate? Is this this for you? Um, I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it might be good. Don't get me wrong. I didn't mind the character of Jenny. Um, no. I'm just not sure if I want to splash out any bucks to... I was going to say it's one I would sort of get in a sale down the line or something. It's yeah. not one I feel like I need right now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying know. that. Yeah, we're not saying that this is this is terrible or by any means because no. we haven't listened to it. But no. yeah, it just for me, I don't know. It just feels like it feels a bit sort of five years too late to me. Yeah, unless reviews start coming out and say it's amazing and it's a definite pickup, then then maybe. But uh, but it's out now. Twenty quid for download. Twenty three for the CD. CDs, what are they? What are they? Uh, coasters. <laughs> uh, coasters. <laughs> right, coming, coming out from Big Finish as well. Now, this is something I am excited about. Uh, it's an exclusive vinyl. So they recently did one um, which was exclusive to Sainsbury's of the fourth Doctor story, Energy of the Daleks, which, uh, which I missed. Looked, which yep. lo- yeah, was quite limited, wasn't it? And um, hard to find and now sells for silly money on eBay. Um, this one uh, looks gorgeous. Uh, it's going to be just as limited, if not more, and it's going to be exclusive to HMV, and it's Doctor Who Infamy of the Zaros, which is the 10th Doctor and Rose story, and uh, it's going to be yellow vinyl, which um, looks nice. Uh, 
talking of the logo earlier, I think it looks really good on this release. I don't know about you. I think this is one of the instances where it suits it. Absolutely, mate. Yep. Yeah? Yep. Yeah. Cool. Because I really yep. like the cover of this. I think it's really nice. Mm. Um, so this is going to be exclusive in-store only from HMV from the 16th of June. So which is next weekend, is it? I think so. Yeah. I think so. And um, I don't know how much it's going to be. Um, the energy of the Daleks one was £18. So hopefully it'll be around the similar sort of price range. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. HMV have struggled for a little bit over the last few years. So yeah. I, I'm tempted to think they might mark it up a little bit more, but I'm, I'm thinking probably 20 or 25. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. It does look nice though. Are you going to be, have you got a HMV near you? Cause they, if you don't live in London, they can be a bit sparse yeah. these days. Yeah, I've got one. Yeah, we normally go to Milton Keynes. Oh, right. I've got a fairly decent one there, so I'll have a look in there. So, yeah, the 16th is next Saturday. Yes. So, yeah, get yourself down. It's uh, limited to only 750 copies. And now that might sound a lot, but believe me, you spread across the country. That isn't a no. lot. So yeah. uh, if you don't want to miss out, um, get, go and grab it next Saturday from HMV. Because it's so frustrating when people just go and buy loads of these and shove on on eBay for like 80 quid. I get really annoyed about that. I've seen like the energy of the Daleks on eBay for silly prices. It's just, mm -hmm. it's, it just it annoys me because it just denies fans owning something that they should own for the price it should be. Do you know what I mean? It really yeah, gets my yeah. goat when people do that. But anyway, so go and grab it. Good luck, guys, if you want it. I'll, um, I've only got one HIV near me, and uh, otherwise it means a trip to London. So, uh, And also it's very close to our good friend Adam, the ultimate Hoovian. I've got visions of us like fighting <laughs> over the one copy in the stores. <laughs> it's fine. I got here first. Yeah, so that's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a decent story as well. It's been reviewed fairly well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we shall see. You shall see. Indeed. Uh, and last bit of news. Um, uh, we mentioned this on last week's show, but we've got some more details for it now. Uh, class is coming back to big, well, coming back um, via Big Finish. Hooray. Hooray. And, <laughs> <laughs> crikey. Um, and it's another example of when the logo looks very cool on a cover. Mm. Do you know what it is, mate? I think overall with this logo, I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but I think, and myself and Clayton Hickman said exactly the same thing about it, is that the design decision on what goes behind the logo is so important now. Mm. Because if you use it on a, a really light background or a busy background, it's it lost. just doesn't work. It's lost, yeah. It's completely lost. But on something like this, like we just mentioned, the, um, the vinyl release, it looks really good. And mm. the, the class cover actually looks fairly cool. Um. And I really like it. I really like how the logo is used there. But anyway, there are two volumes of class and they're both due out in August. What do you reckon about this, mate? Because normally Big Finish spread these out a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Um, but they're just going to release them at the same time. It doesn't say an exact date at the minute. It just says August. But um, yeah, it's a bit of a strange one to put both volumes out, you know, sort of at the same time. I, I thought that as well. I was, I was a bit like, it seemed, does seem weird. If you're going to do volumes one and two, yeah, it does seem strange to want to just do one big box set or whatever. But I guess it spreads the cost out. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you can definitely tell that they're putting their new sort of strategy into place mm. with this one because uh, these are an example of the limited 
physical copies that they're going to start doing. So um, both volumes are limited to 500 copies. Um, And as Adam said in reference to the previous um, item, it sounds a lot, but when you've got, I don't know if there's 500 class fans out there, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but when you've got, you know, a big, a big portion of fandom Mm. across the country and, not just the UK, big Finnish slip, uh, slip, big Finnish ship globally. So I'm assuming That's that there true. are more than 500 class fans around the world because it seemed to do very well in America. Hmm. Um, that's really not a lot at all. So if you are a fan of class and you're looking forward to this on big Finnish and you want the physical copy, I would suggest pre-ordering this one. Um, and you can tell that this strategy is filtered down to their pricing as well because normally it's only a couple of quid difference but with this one the uh the pre-order digital only is 15 pounds and the cd is 20 pounds so there's a five pound difference now it's normally two or three quid but yeah so 20 quid if you want the cd and Um, you can get them as a bundle as well i think you can get you can get volumes one and two for 38 quid which actually isn't bad really um you know, for the two well, sets, it's just under forty quid if you're, well, a, you know, if you want class. Yeah, well, it, it's <laughs> strange for me because it's it's they tried this out with the tenant story uh, volume, didn't they? It's only a three episode volume. Yeah. So if it was four episodes on each volume, then I reckon that would be good value. But mm. and I'm re- I'm trying so hard not to let our opinion of class on the TV <laughs> cloud <sighs> this bit of news for fans who want to pick it up on. Mm. on big finish so um i know that you probably won't get this well i know I'll, I'll say this i mean i think it was inevitable that class was going to be picked up by big finish so I'm, I'm i'm pleased for those fans that wanted it because i have seen a lot of people on twitter really really pleased about this announcement um and i think that's more because they've got faith in big finish doing something good yeah. with it because yeah. uh, to be honest if anyone's going to pick out the few you know, redeeming qualities that class had and make something of it. I think it's big finish. So there is potential there. Um, So I'm pleased for those fans. I mean, uh, you know, regular listeners will know, I I thought the TV show was, was a shambles. Um, (laughs) So I wasn't very excited when this got announced, but I was pleased for those that were. Uh, One thing I would say though, big finish threw in a little hook there because obviously I immediately thought, well, I won't be getting that, but you know, good for good on them. But then they did throw in the thing that they've, um, they're putting Ace in there. They're bringing back Sophie Aldred to That's to Coal Hill School. Now, mm-hmm. that that was that did slightly. I'll be honest with you, even though I can't stand class, that did slightly tempt me because I was thinking, well, big finish. You know, the actual cast, bless them, were, were really nice. You know, uh, they were good, good. They're good guys. I've nothing against the people who produced it. So there is a there is a bit of potential there and there is a very tiny bit of me that would like to hear um ace go back to coal hill and meeting these guys because a bit like you said on your previous podcast with phil it needed something to tie into doctor who yes yeah like it needed something to ground it in the doctor universe now that's exactly what it sounds like big finish are doing by putting ace in there so Mm. i'm thinking okay already they've improved it for me so there is a part of me, I will admit, that's a little bit curious by this. I don't think I'm going to buy them, but <laughs> I, I haven't dismissed it like you might imagine um, because of that. Because I'm thinking, okay, I'm slightly intrigued by it. So, yeah, we'll see. 
we'll see. I'll wait and see the, what the reviews are. I'll wait and have a look in my, my Doctor Who group chats and see what people make of it and yeah, yeah. before I make a decision. But yeah, I'm pleased for those that want it. Yes, absolutely. For those fans yeah. of class that are into it still, mm. it's good news for, for you guys. And I think Ace is in Volume 2. Oh, she's in Volume 2? Okay. With, with, a, right. with a famous Doctor Who monster as well. Oh, really? Mm. But we don't know which. Yeah, it's the Daleks. Because <laughs> right. it's on the website. Okay. It's not All a spoiler. Right. They've actually put it out there. Nick they, Briggs they, is the voice of the Daleks, yeah. Of course he is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what I about mean, you, mate? I know you're, you're not going to pick these up. I you? don't think so, mate. I mean, no. it, it's a shame, really, because by bringing somebody like Ace into the show and having you know, the Daleks in there and stuff. It's all stuff that should have been in the TV show. Yeah, yeah, it's a good move, yeah. Yeah, it's all stuff that would have made, you know, a much better show because then it would have had some legitimate reason to put in the world of Doctor Who on the cover. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit, and I don't mean to be, you know, negative. I think it is good news. Don't get me wrong, it is good news. Mm. Um, And I don't mean to come across as, you know, negative ninny, but it just feels like it's a bit, shoehorning stuff in a bit too late into classes lifespan if you like but you never know it could turn out to be to be very very cool so here's hoping yeah. it's a it's a good show yeah awesome. that's going to do for news and match right now we're on to our review of classic who yes what's the story I th- yeah because i thought i was going to miss this one but it's it's come full circle isn't it so this week it's the fourth doctor story the mask of mandragora Uh, Doctor, please don't threaten me, Count. I've come here to help you. How can you help me? A wave of energy has been released. My Dragula energy. And I brought it here. It could do untold damage. I must take it back to the star. Things are bad, aren't they? That man Dragula gain control, the man's ambition wouldn't stretch beyond the next moon. The entire Earth. Why? It's begun. The brethren are driving people from the town. You will be swept aside. The dirt that you are, as it was written, the power of Mandragora will flood the earth. <laughs> oh, well, well. Good, good trailer. Good trailer, yeah. Ma- Mandragora. Mandragora. <laughs> Before you all, you'll all be screaming, I know you will. It's Mandragora, Mandragora, Mandragora. It's Mandragora, sorry. Mask yes. of Mandragora. Well, that was my, yeah, I, I've been saying it wrong as I well. never get it right, yeah. Yeah. Um, so initially I thought, right, I'll whiz through the plot, but um, yeah, I don't, I'm sort of 99% with the plot, so I've just gone on to the TARDIS wiki and I'll give it to you from there because it seems fairly <laughs> succinct. And I don't blame you. So forced off course by the Mandragora Helix, the TARDIS, the, yeah, that pesky thing that gets in the way. Uh, the TARDIS lands in the province of San Martino in 15th century Italy. Here, the court astrologer Hieronymus has taken over, has been taken over by the Mandragora energy form. Hieronymus and the other members of this star worshipping black magic cult will be used as a bridgehead enabling the Mandragora Helix to conquer the Earth and rule it through their chosen servants. The Doctor has to defeat not only the Mandragora energy, but the evil schemes of the murderous Count Frederico, who plans to usurp usurp the place of his nephew, the rightful ruler of the province. 
So, which sounds correct to me. Yeah. So you've got these two storylines going concurrently that are mixed together. You've got um, the the uh, the Count Frederico, and his only purpose in life, it seems, is to murder his nephew so that he can be the new duke of the province. And alongside that, you've got uh, Hieronymus, who is like the astrologer, soothsayer kind of person, um, who has predicted um, deaths and so on, and is now in cahoots with the Mandragora Helix. Mm. And he's trying to sort of, you know, bring him into the realm of Earth so they can take over and so on. And the Doctor's trying to figure it all out. Um, so that was the plot. It was first broadcast in 1976. It's part of series 14. It was uh, written by uh, Lewis Marks, directed by Rodney Bennett. And there's a fourth Doctor and Sarah Jane story. So what are your thoughts on this one, mate? Uh, my thoughts on this one is um, is that there's a, a really good story in there. Um, but it, it's I do find it a bit plodding. Um, it, it, it does struggle to hold my attention. This one, um, it really does. It's, it's funny because it's got so many things going for it. Like the fourth doctor and Sarah Jane, the, the, the great location in Port Merion, you know, the costumes and masks are brilliant. The sets are good, you know, um, and the story's good. It's, there's a lot of good stuff in here, but it, it, yeah, I do struggle with it a little bit. It's um, it's one of those stories, you know, when you go to your Doctor Who shelf, you're thinking, what one <laughs> shall I watch tonight? And you're looking along, I fancy a bit of Fourth Doctor, let's have a look. It's never one that I gravitate towards on the shelf, I've got to be honest. Um, and I've watched this, I've watched this twice in the last few weeks because I watched it just before I went away in case... I could record the podcast and I couldn't. And then last night, because I've been away a month, I thought, I think I need to watch it again because I didn't really get it and I zoned out a lot and I need yeah. to watch it again to, you know, try and really get into it. And I must admit, mate, I really struggled again last night. Like there are bits of it I love. There are bits of it I think are really good. I think production wise, it's great. But I, I just kept zoning out. I just kept sort of thinking, you know, I'm watching it. And then I just sort of realized that I was sort of not watching it. I'll back into it. And yeah, I don't know. It plods along a little bit. You know, but I do think there's some great stuff in there. So it's a real mixed bag for me, this one. Mm. Um, but I, but I do think it's decent. Yeah, okay. it kind of reminds me of a, it kind of reminds me of an a sort of first or second Doctor story in the pacing. Like, like I can also, also, I can sort of almost imagine this being black and white, like an old. Do you know what I mean? Like the Very pacing good. and the mm -hmm. and the costumes and the, and the acting and the way it's done. It, just, it feels very old school to yeah, me. Yeah. This and I, I don't mean that as a negative at all. I, I just mean it's it's got a different tone to it from say like you know um, the next story, Hand of Fear, or something like Destiny of the Daleks. It's just got a very old school Doctor Who tone to it, which is much slower. Um, and as I say, it's not a negative, but it does have a an impact on my holding my attention at times. This one, mm -hmm. so yeah, I'm I don't know, I'm a bit in the middle on this one uh, personally. Uh, what about you? Uh, yeah, I think it's. Um, I completely agree with you about it being. It, it feels like a an, an older, an older story of Doctor Who. Mm. It definitely feels like the pacing is quite laboured. In yeah, a way. it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for me, I quite like it. It's a, it's a not a mm. bad story. It's fairly good, and the supporting cast are fairly good. They are good. Yeah. Um, I just feel like it could have been one of those cheeky little three parters for me, because mm. in part three, 
it doesn't seem to go anywhere. Sort of once we get into episode three, it like episode two brings us up into this, you know, and then episode three gets along and then it stays there. Yes. If you know what I mean? Like it's one of those classic who endings. It's a bit lackluster. It's it sort of all culminates in a minute at the end. Mm. So, you know, we've got all this big build up and stuff, and you're expecting like quite a big battle between the the what are they? Like the the monks, the followers of the you know, the the main dude. Yeah. That was his name, Hieronymus. You so you're expecting like a big battle between, you know, the the, the province's army and these monks and everything's going to kick off but then really what happens is the doctor just you know he lures them all in they electrocute each other and then they're off you know so this whole story has culminated in what seems like is going to be this really big climax and this big battle and the doctor's going to throw down but then he just sort of does his business takes his hood down has a little joke and then him and sarah yeah so i feel like this all could have been this would have you know it would have perfectly fit a three-parter for me um, but, uh, but I don't think it's bad. It's just the pacing more than anything. It just feels mm. like a really old Troutony Hartnell sort of like exactly like you said, like an old mm. black and white uh, deal. But I, I do agree about part three massively. Yeah. Cause I think that's where I really struggled because mm. it, it really does pick up in the fourth episode. Like there seems to be a lot more going on. It, it is a case, um, of, uh, like a lot of stories where the third part three is where, it's a bit filler. It's definitely one of those stories. Like you said, I think if you'd have, you'd have made this a three-parter, I think it would be great because yeah, yeah. there's so many good elements in here. It's, it's it's one of those stories, and there are a few like this, where it's sort of just below being a classic. It's like mm-hmm. it's got some great stuff, but it doesn't reach the heights of some of the classic Fourth Doctor stories. But then again, it's miles better than sort of, you know, some of the ones like, you know, for example, um, not, uh, what's it called? The Leisure High, for example. I'm not a fan of Leisure High, you know, it's, it's, it's miles above that in terms of the story and the look of it and, and everything like that. So it's good. It's just missing something for me. And, and, and like you said, the pacing is a bit, it's a bit drab in places. And I kept thinking, is it because it hasn't got a strong monster? Is it because, you know, the, the, the sort of um, Hieronymus in all his get up and the mask <laughs> and that, they're really creepy and they, they mm. look great, you know, and it's got this very sort of gothic feel, isn't it? But but they never, I don't know, never, it sort of feels like it's missing something. And I wonder if part of that is that sort of big threat level monster or something. Cause it, yeah, it, it, it kind of just plods, doesn't it? it? Plods along, like you said, and the ending's a little bit disappointing. But then we do get that really strange bit where Tom. <laughs> puts the hood back and says what does he say something about having a salami sandwich, salami sandwich. and i was like yeah. i did have to rewind i put it on on um twitter last night because i thought that is so random it's and weird, so funny it? it's yeah. so weird. yeah it almost feels like an outtake that they've left in it's brilliant yeah and then um, the scene afterwards he's actually got a big chunk of salami, salami. taken back yeah. into the tardis it's really <laughs> random isn't it yeah yeah it is um so yeah it's a bit of a plod to me i mean as i said i think this does start off great i i love all the stuff in part one where they're just walking around the TARDIS and mm-hmm. we get introduced to the secondary console room, that lovely wooden set. I mean, that's great, you know, and there's a few little nods. I spotted Pertwee's jacket there and his shirt all covered in dust and, you know, all that's lovely, isn't it? All that stuff. Um, and then we land in, you know, in the woods and Baker and Sladen are absolutely on fire in this. I mean, what one thing I just noticed watching it again last night is how seriously Tom's taking the role. Cause yeah. You know, some series, some seasons, he's 
and it's probably more down to the direction, but he's very sort of over the top. He's really playing it straight in this story, but still delivering some great comedy moments. Like, you know, the bit in episode one where Sarah gets kidnapped and he's just stood there and he's like, put the girl down. And he's really serious, mm-hmm. isn't he? And it's just, you know, he's so in control of his performance. Um, both of them and this are just totally on par in terms of uh, their performance. So, as I said, there's a lot to like in this. I think, like you said, it just needed a bit. I don't know if it's the direction. It just needed a picking up a bit because um, it, yeah, it just limps along a bit in the middle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I completely agree, mate. It's one of those. Uh, it's one of those things where you just. It's hindsight is beautiful. You can just go back and say, look, you need to tidy this up, and because um, I think in modern television, you know, if a bit like movies nowadays if something's not right they can do reshoots and they can mm. do a lot in the edit and stuff because they shoot so much but they don't use a lot of it I yeah th- you know it's the opposite for classic who you know it's everything's this scene has to be done to the script you do it and then you move on you can't go back and and do extra stuff and you certainly can't go back after you've closed the production on it That's unheard of but you know i mean Boop. yeah it's just the pacing but what what do you think of that new that set? Because whenever whenever I put this in to watch, I always think it always starts off so promising. I always think to myself, oh yeah, I think I do like this story. It's only really when it gets going that I start to lose interest. Mm. I think it starts off great. Like we've also got a new Tardis prop as well, haven't we? Yeah. You know, when it lands the forest, that's that new. Yeah. Doesn't take long for it to get absolutely <laughs> battered. Because <laughs> I kept thinking it, it this is its you know it, it's it's brand new uh, brand new console brand new Tardis prop. Um, it does look quite nice when it lands in the forest, but I mean, it. I'm thinking, what was the story where the windows are all smashed? It's literally falling apart. By um, is it the is it Nightmare of Eden where all the windows are all smashed and it it doesn't look very sturdy even in this and it's brand new when it lands. It still it doesn't look as sturdy as the old prop to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a more square shape. It's a more oblong shape, isn't it? So it's a sort of simplified version of the prop i think yeah by by talons sort of even by talons yeah um and then horror fang rocket starting to look a bit beat up yeah there's that one i get confused because yeah but i I just remember sort of thinking this this one seems to get bad pretty quick yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. by a few episodes it's looking a bit like the um the prop guys haven't handled it very nicely on and off the truck yeah, but right. I, I love yeah. the love the console room though. Do you, what do you think to the wooden console? Yeah, it's awesome. It reminds me of um, it reminds me of an, a similar one that they used in a story. What was it? Um, there was another one, another TARDIS set, and it was all sort oh. of mahogany and stuff. What was that? It was the really the, which doctor? The, the um, what was it? Was it a McCoy story where they go into the Masters? Um, no. Was it a Baker story? There's, there's, there was a master's console room and it was like nicely, it was all wooden and mahogany, I think. I can't remember. Oh. But they do, We do see in, in um, Mark of the Rani, we see inside the Rani's TARDIS and she's, it's all black, but yeah, I can't think one. of a wooden one. I might be wrong, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's just nice. I, I always love it when they explore the TARDIS. And I love the idea of all these, you know, rooms that you could go in and stuff. And, and uh, yeah, and I love the fact that they stay in this console room for, for this series. You know, I know they, they junk it, don't they, in the next series. Yeah, but, yeah. but I like the fact we get a different console room in this one. I think it's unusual. It looks sort of Edwardian and old and it, it doesn't does, look yeah. like 
it doesn't look like it'd be a state of the art you know electric <laughs> you know tardis <laughs> under all this wood and that's why i like it it's kind of contradicts itself it's awesome yeah. and it, I, yeah. I think i might be going insane by thinking that there was another wooden TARDIS console somewhere. I'm trying to think what you're thinking of. You'll probably remember after the podcast, I'm trying to yeah. think what you might be confusing it with because we do get to see various TARDIS console rooms. You're not thinking of the Masters. What's the one where he's got the wooden clock in it? Um, not thinking of that, are you? Oh, I don't think so. You know, uh, in, in Traken, when he's inside the Melker, he's got like a wooden... Uh, oh, it could be. I don't know. It I'm not sure. Be. Yeah. yeah. It could yeah. be. Anyway... It does look, anyway, ignore my uh, stupid randoms. But um, yeah, it does look really cool. It looks yeah. really, and I love the fact that they're wandering around and there's different rooms and um, and it starts off really cool like that. You know, it's got that really sort of whimsical, because we don't need mm-hmm. to see any of that stuff, you know, it's not no. related to the story. And then we get the the doctors fiddling and we see the time vortex, all the energy being drawn in and they land mm-hmm. in this spirally thing with all the, you know, the red things i think it reminds yeah. me of actually you know the um the new logo that they brought out and they did the little video reveal and it's got all of those sort of strange rocks in the background oh yeah it looks <laughs> like that all of those mm. strange rocks all the shapes and stuff it all looks like that just in a spiral shape perhaps the um, helix energy is coming back <laughs> possibly yeah. possibly yeah. Uh, but no, i thought it's really cool and then uh and then apparently the tardis you know forcibly gets landed in this time period and this location but yeah that's the kickoff and it's really cool it is because yeah. this was the first story in in what se- series are we on now so this is season 14, 14 so this yeah. kick-started season 14 and it's um as i said i think it's a good way to start it's almost a shame that the story does sort of pitter out a bit because i i don't know what the viewing figures were like for this but um if it was me firstly i'd, I'd be sort of you know, if I was watching this live back in 1976, I probably would have liked the first one. But by episode three, I think I would have been getting really bored because uh, that's the thing. I wouldn't recommend watching this all four parts in one go. Um, and f- I mean, that's what I did last night just because of the I only had time, you know, I only had time last night to watch it. But uh-huh. ideally, I would probably watch this parts one and two and then the next night, parts three and four. Uh, I think it might work better like that. Mm-hmm. I think you know, I think it's sort of four episodes watching in one chunk. It, it's a bit hard going, but maybe if I'd broken it up a bit more, it would have would have been a bit better. But I don't know. Is it is it exciting enough for a season opener for you? Do you think? I wouldn't say it's no. You know, um, no, I wouldn't say it's exciting enough. Mm. I think it could have really done with chopping a, a part out and then making episode three sort of more action packed. Mm. rather than just leaving it plodding along i mean because you know more stuff does happen in episode four you know there's a episode four is actually pretty good yeah Yeah. there is more stuff happening it just seems to stay at the same tempo so it kicks off with the doctor going off um you know undercover down in the in the tomb and then everyone else is just playing the waiting game so they carry on as if life's normal they're having the ball and the dance right the the jester and then um marco you know um the uh the duke's sort of close friend yeah <laughs> uh, um which I'm, I'm i'm pretty sure is uh is oh well this is my opinion anyway but i feel like it's more of a more of a relationship than a friendship that one um but yeah marco sort of pops up and says you know the, the monks are surrounding the castle and when you hear that you think right it's definitely going to kick off it's kicking off yeah, yeah. but then 
the monks come in and they zap a few people and then they go downstairs and mm. you know nothing really happens to be honest but yeah so it seems like episode four while it does have more content it just sort of seems to go at its own pace still and doesn't really mm. ramp up like you'd expect but that's due to the not so great ending in my opinion but I know what you mean. I mean, the the thing was, I remember when I remember when this was um, scheduled for DVD, you know, back in God, whenever that was. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd never seen it before. Uh, I'd never seen this story. Um, so, you know, I was really excited to, to see it because obviously I love the fourth doctor. Um, I'd seen pictures from it. So I, I sort of was intrigued by these strange looking hooded you know, people with these gold masks. It looks yeah. so I'd sort of, you know, how you do when you haven't seen an episode and you sort of build up in your head a, a, a sort of picture of what it might be like. And I was very excited to see the fact that it was filmed in Port Merion. I was thinking, oh, I can't wait to see the fourth doctor in Port Merion because being such a big fan of The Prisoner, which was all filmed there, and also having visited the place itself and seen how amazing, I mean, Port Merion is just like, it's, it's otherworldly. It's amazing. Right. It's just full mm-hmm. of strange colorful buildings and and stuff so i was really excited to see this story um when it was coming out on dvd and i uh, maybe that's part of my disappointment because they went all the way to blooming port merion it's not the easiest place to get to believe me it's a bit in the middle of nowhere you have to get a few little tiny trains to it and and stuff and it's totally worth it when you get there so they, they must have dragged all the filming equipment and then they spend most of it filming in a blimmin' forest, which could have been anywhere. And that, no, that always that yeah. always bugged me. I was thinking, I, I, one thing that always annoys me about this is I don't think they made the most of the location filming. Right. Like we get to see one bit where the doctor's going to get his head chopped off, and they show that lovely sort of um, pillared building that the guy stood oh, yeah. in mm-hmm. in the balcony. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that's about it. And then we see a few bits of the doctor down the stairs. I know they had to sort of dress a lot of it to make it look like you know italy in the whatever century so i get that but i just i just don't think they made the most of what is an amazing location because think about it what do you really see of port merion in this um there's a bit when the doctor and um can't remember his name the guy with the big hair i think it's the guy is it marco the guy with the big yeah black there's a bit where they're walking through what is a beautiful building and uh, with loads of pillars down the side and it's shot from the front angle. So all you see is a, is a blue wall. Oh, I and see. I kept, yeah. I kept thinking, like, obviously I know because I've been there, but if you didn't know, you probably just wouldn't think anything of it. But I'm thinking, God, that could have been that could have been shot really nicely. You're, mm-hmm. not, you're not even showing the architecture of this amazing place. I, I don't know. So who directed it? It was Rodney, Rodney Bennett. Bennett. Yeah. Rodney Bennett. I mean, I don't know if I'm right to put put it at his shoes, but that's one thing that's always really bugged me about this is that um, it just every time I watch it, I just keep thinking like, there's really amazing buildings all around these actors. We're not seeing any of it, you know. And I don't know if there's a reason for it. Maybe it's, I don't know. Maybe it's because it didn't look right for Italy, but I, I just don't know. I just keep keep thinking they went all that way, and then they and then all they filmed was in the blimmin' forest. They may have as well have just gone to like, you know, Hampstead Heath. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's it's just one of those little things that bugs me as, as someone who's been to Port Merion. It's such an amazing place, and I was so disappointed the first time I watched this on DVD because I was like, "Is that it? Is that all you're mm. going to show?" You know, but um, it's a shame. Yeah, it is. I think I definitely think they could have utilized the, the location a hell of a lot more mm-hmm. than they they do. It may have been because they didn't want it to look too much like the prisoner, because obviously in the prisoner they they show all the buildings. Yeah. Maybe it, you know it could have been that um, that they didn't want people to say. 
oh well that's the village for the prisoner so that could be it but then but then why go all the way there to do it i don't know it's just one of those little things always niggles me every time i watch it <laughs> yeah i read you man yeah because yeah. like yeah. you said it's um there's a couple of scenes but that's it the rest of it could have been any other forest anywhere it could have been anywhere Yeah, mixed with yeah. the studio stuff as well it didn't really maybe the budget could have been better spent Mm. I, I will say this actually the studio scenes i have to say i think the sets are really good in this the sets and costumes mm -hmm. are excellent yes. they really are top-notch you know they're because sometimes doctor who gets it you know i, I guess it's a budget thing sometimes doctor who has great costumes and sets sometimes <laughs> it seems to be the absolute opposite this is one where i think they really did a great job with the yes with the production you yeah. know it, lo it looks really good even the studio scenes i think are really nicely lit and mm -hmm. sets look good and stuff so yeah, yeah. i will say that yeah no they're really good and there's a couple of scenes where you wouldn't expect them to be on a, a, a big set because there's only a couple of people so when mm. Giliano and marco are having a small conversation you know i, I think it's the um it's not the throne room, but it's like the main room, the ball room. Or yeah, whatever. the ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a scene where there's a few conversations with only two or three people, but you and they're in this huge set, you know, and this big enclosure and so on. It doesn't need to mm. be, you know, but it would have cost more to sort of, you know, have that set up and running and lit and everything. But yeah, so I agree, mate. The sets do look pretty good because sometimes they're just very. I know it's cheaply made anyway on the whole classic coup, but sometimes you can really see that it's cheaply made and that, you know, the set finishes and then it's just blackness. Yeah. You know, we have that quite a lot. I mean, I'm thinking a bit further on in season, oh, sorry, series 14, <laughs> uh, the deadly assassin. There's a few sets there where it just looks incredibly blue Peter. Right. Um, yeah. And then you've got like, so in a deadly assassin, there's like a scene where there's like a journal, there's like a, something going on a show or something. There's like a sort of, it looks like a model's walkway, a runway. It's got like a big diamond shape at the end, but that's where the set finishes. And then it's oh, just I know this, what you mean. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's just that's the edge of the set, and it stops. You know, there's no more money to build the rest of it, so it's just blackness, and it looks a bit like a stage theatre rather than a TV studio. Yeah, um, well, if you think about what's that one, um, the Sun Makers as well. Oh, you think yeah. of some of the sets yeah. in that. They're very. It's just black drapes, isn't it? There's a lot of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Whereas this, they they they're really nicely lit as well. You know, like the in episode four when the fourth Doctor and and Sarah are trying to work out the equation and he's looking through his mm -hmm. little telescope and he puts on the big line head. That you know, it's all really nice. It looks nice on screen. Yeah, you know? It does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we get on to characters, just quickly, what did you think mm. to the 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 the, the backdrop in terms of the story then. So this Helix Mandragora thing has, has popped the TARDIS and and have done it, has chosen this specific time period mm. um, because it's, um, what does the Doctor say? It's, um, it's in between like the Dark Ages and the, the Renaissance. So in between that time, it's when the human race is starting to get into science and astrology and, you know, they yeah. know that, you know, because there's a couple of times where um, Giuliano is saying, you know, I'm really into science and I've invited all of these top scientists here. And, you know, we've got this theory that the Earth's not flat. It's actually a sphere. And so we're coming out of this kind of witchcraft and black magic superstitious mm. kind of thing into more of a scientific thing. And we've got the brethren, you know, who are um, worshipping this supposed Roman god, Demnos. But it's actually a cover for the 
you know, Mandragora thing. And so what yeah. do you reckon to the backdrop? Because at first I thought, when I first watched this story, you know, a while ago now, initially I thought, oh no, please let it not be one of these magic stories. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Where it's, yeah. there's yeah. a wizard and it's, you know, it moves away from science and it's more, you know, magic. But it turns out to be just a cover for the, the heat, the, the Mandragora, the, uh, blah, blah, blah. Mandragora. Yeah. Mandragora. So what do you reckon to the backdrop for the story in terms of, you know, mixing it in with that stuff? Yeah, I, I quite like it because it does, it, If yeah, I do quite like that. Um, I know what you mean. It could have it could have easily gone down the whole magic circle type thing. but the battlefield um, type of yeah, vibe. Yes, yeah. yeah, it doesn't quite go that far. Yeah. Um, no, I, I quite like it. I think they could have made it more creepy. That's the thing. I, that's, you know, watching this again last night, I kept thinking, coming back to that sort of threat element, mm -hmm. they could have made it much more gothic and creepy. And I think that would have helped the story a bit because um, right. maybe that's why it's a bit drab is that you're sort of, you know, the, there's stuff going on, but um, there's no sort of urgency or, yeah. you know, sort of you're not on your edge of your seat thinking, you know, even the bit when, you know, Sarah's hypnotized to kill the doctor with the poison, you know, you got to, she's got to scratch him or whatever. And, mm -hmm. you know, even that, it doesn't feel, there's no sort of, as I said, you're not sort of sat on your edge of your seat thinking, oh, she's got a needle, she's going to get him any minute. It's so it takes about, well, it takes half the episode, actually, doesn't it, for her to actually... Yeah you know, lash out at him and he just turns around and snaps her out of it and it's over. So things like that, I think, um, they, they definitely could have approved on. Uh, yeah. I don't know that this writer, Lewis Marks, the name rings a bell. Well, he's done. What's he done? Um, yeah. So I, I, I always things, thought it yeah. was a made up name. You know, when someone writes under a pseudonym, I always get that wrong because mm. he is a real person. I always think it's one of those, um, you know, pseudonym names, but it's not, is it? So, yeah, he's wrote um, a couple of things. He, um, Planet of the Giants. Oh, Planet of the Giants. Okay. So again, an old story, Day of the Daleks. Yeah. Yep. Day of the, da yep. And, um, Planet, Planet of Evil. Of Evil. Mm. Okay. So he's done a few Doctor Who's then. Yeah. Um, his script was actually pretty good. I thought. Yeah. I mean, as yeah. I said, there's a good, the actual sort of storyline itself and the sort of core elements of the story, I think are really good. Yeah. Writing wise. It's, um, I didn't have a problem with that at all. No, it was, um, I, th I thought the period actors played their parts really well. So the current Duke and Marco, um, mm. the Count and Hieronymus, I thought those four really played that 15th century proper old shouty English. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, mm. as they can, they tend to do in classic coup for these sort of early period sort of historicals. Um, I thought they played those like spot on really. Um because sometimes, uh, uh, sometimes the actors aren't quite giving it their all. No. <laughs> and sometimes they're going too far. Um, but I thought, no, they, they, they did it pretty well in this. I, I was going to say, I think the cast actually are superb in this. They yeah. really are taking it 100% seriously. <laughs> like you said, it, it's quite easy sometimes to sort of go over the top when you're playing these yeah. sort of um, parts. Uh, even um, Hieronymus with his massive beard, <laughs> you know, uh, rivaling mine and yours, actually. Um, even he's, uh, you know, again, you can sort of, he doesn't go down the whole rubbing his hands together. I am an evil. You know, his <laughs> performance is great in it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I have to say one of the real plus points of this is the entire cast. I don't, there's nobody in this, um, you know, like there's, there's normally one, isn't there? There's normally one. Normally. 
lets the you know a bit pantomime. He didn't quite get the memo. David Collins. David Collins. Yeah. Uh, there's normally one that just has to let the side down. I, I must admit, I can't think of anyone in this. I don't know about you. There's nobody that sort of jumped out of me as being a bit. Oh, he's not very good. Or, no. or you know, they all seem to be sort of um, playing their part well. There was there was only one scene, just one oh? scene that I thought was maybe going a little bit over the top, and it's where. Hieronymus is talking to the high priest and he's saying that, you know, he'll rule the world. Oh, know. okay. So that that <laughs> yeah. was the only one scene yeah. that I thought, here we go. Is he going to proper go? Gonna but yeah. he kind of, he was right on the line, I thought. Mm. I thought if he'd have pushed it anymore, he would have gone over and it would have been a bit yeah. theatery camp. But no, I agree. I think overall they, they, they especially um, uh, John Larimore, who played Count Federico, he properly went for it. Yeah. Um, in pretty much every scene he was in, he would have this sort of intense, no nonsense, really kind of shouty, mm. really went for it. And and that can really, sometimes it can grate after a little while when you have one character that's always shouting or always, but no, yeah. he was, he was, he was cool. We'll come on to him in a minute, but yeah, I think mm. the, um, yeah, I mean uh, the, the period story and that sort of stuff, I think works great with this, you know, sort of uh, energy source, this Mandragora mm. helix source, you know, sort of when you mix those two together, it's really cool. But it all sort of roads back, comes down to the pacing, unfortunately, which I think mm. had a great script. So Lewis Marks did a fantastic script. Just wished that Rodney Bennett had have pushed a couple more. It would have made the climax more and made the locations a bit more, you know, epic mm. which i it, yeah i get you can't do it all but because you know when the doctor reveals himself at the end I'm, i don't know about you mate but i didn't exactly gasp i wasn't like oh, it was the doctor all the time i was no, like oh, yeah no. of course it was yeah. you know it's things like that i think i don't know it just doesn't have the impact that it, it should i mean it's probably there in the script but yeah it didn't quite translate onto screen i think at times this because like you said the ending does feel really really um flat you know, like they just get in the TARDIS and off they go and the Doctor's got his um, salami. <laughs> it is kind of a bit like, because you have, you know, bearing in mind you've just sat through two hours uh, or whatever, hour and a half of, of story to get to <laughs> that conclusion. It, it is a little limp. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like they had a really good um, sort of finale to the story. Mm. But then, you know, as closer to production got on, they're like, do you know what? We're not going to be able to afford to do this. Hmm. So can you come up with something that's a bit simpler? And then they yeah. just put this bit at the end that's, you know, wraps up the story, but it doesn't really feel like a satisfying conclusion. No, it doesn't. You don't yeah. sort of, when you switch it off, you kind of, it is very much a case of, uh, oh, all right then. Right, hand <laughs> of no, fear then, let's go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, great, straight into hand of fear. I mean, that's, I suppose this is a good thing. Hand of Fear's got such a different feel to this. This Massively. does feel very yeah. different, yeah. And for that, I kind of like it, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Characters then. So yeah. the supporting cast, we've mentioned, I mean, there are a couple of others like the soldier. I think his name was Rossini. Was it Rossini? Like the head soldier. Um, he was uh, He was fairly good. He was like um, the Count's sort of right-hand man because the the army and the soldiers should have allegiance to um, Giuliano, the Duke, but yeah. the Count's leading this like, um, what's the word? 
sort of mutiny, if you like. Like a revolt sort of thing, a yeah. revolt, yeah, the scheme to sort of, you know, get rid of him and then he can rule sort of thing. Um, and uh, so the, the soldiers, you know, they're sort of split. I mean, they dump their allegiance pretty quickly towards the yeah, end. Yeah, they do. You know? yeah. Um, but I thought that's, <laughs> that's right. that, that Rossini character was pretty good. You know, he um, played like the hard sort of soldier, loyal to the Count Frere fairly well. Mm. Um, any thoughts on him? Yeah, no, I was going to say, I mean, I agree with you. I think, again, it, with a part like that, he could quite easily have gone over the top. Um, but he, again, it's a good leveled performance. I don't know if it's maybe sometimes when you get a cast together like that, they kind of one person or whatever will set the tone and they all stay at that. Cause you know, there's nobody in this that seems to be trying to do their own thing yeah. or, you know, really sort of wanting to stand out from the crowd and make a name for himself as an actor. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nobody, it does seem like they're all gelling, uh, as a cast. So I think that's, you know, that does come across. Um, they're all seem to be on this level of just pitching it right um yeah he was and he was good you know like you said even you know even when he's uh going off on one <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh, know he's pretty pretty good um mm. the high priest he's like the old gray-haired brethren yeah character he was um not too, i'd like to have seen a bit more of him actually i was gonna say he's not in it that much is he no in fact if i hadn't have rewatched this last night i probably wouldn't know who you're talking about because yeah yeah, we could have seen a bit more of him. Yeah, because at first you think he's the top dude. Yeah. You think he's like the leader. You like, think there's yeah. more to his character, definitely. Mm, yeah. Because yeah. he must have been of some importance to be, you know, the high priest of it all. Mm. But yeah, we don't really get to see much of it. And again, when it's getting a bit drab in like parts two and three, you know, you could have interacted a bit more with characters like that, couldn't you? But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah no I'd like to have seen a bit more of him um, and then we've got Marco Giuliano's friend and unless yeah I was going to say let's be fair you know with the big hair and the and the tights and stuff it, it would be easy to just laugh him off screen but again because of his performance I think he's he's quite a good character actually you he's know like the bit where good. Yeah. yeah the bit where he gets injured later on and the doctor's like um, are you no it's something about are you scared and he's like no no I'm not he goes oh really I would be and you know little scenes like that and stuff he's he's quite a nice character actually yeah um, Marco mm. um, and he does go through the middle a little bit he gets captured and tortured <laughs> he does and, yeah. uh, but he doesn't give up no you know he just comes back and yeah he's pretty cool yeah he's alright yeah uh, what about um, Giuliano then the current duke the nephew yeah, uh, Gareth Armstrong. Um, a little bit weak, I thought. I was going to say, you know, I, I was just thinking the same because actually I was saying earlier, no one's bad in this. He's not bad. He's not bad, actually. is he? He's no. not bad, is he? No, but I suppose if you're going to pick one person out that maybe isn't quite on par, I mean, nothing wrong with his performance, but yeah, I suppose, yeah, if you're going to pick one, he's not as good as the rest. Uh, I would say so. Yeah. yeah, he's not yeah. too bad, is he? He's just no, he's a little right. bit on the quiet. You know, he doesn't uh, get much, does he? Yeah, I mean, his his character's meant to be fairly young and inexperienced. Mm. You know, because his father was it his father? Yeah, his father was murdered. Um, because you know the um, Hieronymus and and the Count sort of conspired to kill his father. Mm. I think was it his father or his grandfather, whoever was the the ruler, the Duke at the time. Um, so he's sort of been sort of thrust into it quite young. So I yeah. think his character is meant to be quite young and not naive, but you know, 
inexperienced in what's required but i just felt like the actor should have been a little bit stronger um although i do think it's a nice contrast between him and the count yeah i was gonna say yeah yeah yeah. because i i do like the count so i I was didn't want to jump ahead (laughs) i was gonna say i do think the count's a good character and i i I wish we'd seen more of him with the doctor yes there was there was um definitely potential there for those two to to spar off each other more i think Mm -hmm. um because there's a good scene isn't there where the doctor's trying to warn him uh, about the fact he's gonna die and he's like well can't you see my future he's like no because you haven't got one at the minute (laughs) there's there's a good camaraderie between those two which i think could have been played up to a bit more actually yeah those scenes are cool where where tom's really giving it you know that he's very confident as always Mm. he's very confident and he's you know almost having a bit of a joke with him Mm. you know he's not taking his threat seriously um but the count you know you can almost sense that he's he's intrigued by the doctor he there's something about he it thinks he's a sorcerer but there's more to it yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. cool so yeah you're right they should have had a bit more of interaction between those two because mm. in a way it does feel oh wait let's talk about the count then because it does feel like for me his character was a bit one-sided in a way because mm. the only thing we ever saw of him was his just sort of thirst to sort of kill his nephew and get the yeah. get the throne if you like not the throne um but you know get the the to rule the province we mm. never saw any like every single conversation when he's on screen is about him talking with Hieronymus to kill his nephew or him talking with his soldiers to kill his nephew or him talking with his soldiers to kill the brethren yeah i see what you mean yeah doctor, a little you know bit one sided so yeah. although he's very don't get me wrong he's great in it i thought he was his performance was really good it was firm and shouty and you know he really took the script and sort of owned it which is great but i just felt like we never saw any other side to him which maybe we don't need to you know maybe it's a case of you know you don't need to look that far into it we're at this little nugget of time in this what's in what's going on so that's all you need to know but yeah i don't get wrong his performance was great did you think he was cool then John. Yeah, no, I liked him. I was going to say the two that really stood out for me would be um, John, L- how do you say it, L- Lorrymore? John Lorrymore mm-hmm. as the Count and um, and also Norman Jones as Hieronymus. They're the two. Yeah. As I say, it's a strong cast. I think they're all good. But those two in particular, um, I think, are the, are, the, are the two strongest. And the two that, mm-hmm. when they're on screen, I found myself getting back into the story. As I said, I did zone out quite a bit watching this. But when they're back on screen, especially Hieronymus, actually, not just because of his performance, but his look and everything is so good. You know, this crazy beard, which mm-hmm. he does pull off. You know, it's not easy to pull off a big beard like that. It does suit him and make him look a bit more creepy. And you're not sure about his character f- at the start. So mm-hmm. those two, I think, um, were particularly good in this. They're awesome. Yeah. Very good. Sarah Jane? Sarah Jane, lovely performance from Liz Sladen in this. Um, she is so relaxed around Tom. She is, isn't she? Yeah, she is so, you know, when she's delivering lines, they're just delivered with so much ease. It's so natural um, the way she talks around the doctor. You know what I mean by that? Because it doesn't feel like she's reading lines off a page. It feels like her and her and Tom are actually in a very natural conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, she she's really lovely in this. It's uh, it's sad to think that you know one more story and Sarah Jane will be gone. Uh, you know until she comes back in school reunion. But you know it's yeah, 
it, she's just such a natural, relaxed performance from Sarah, uh, from Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Her and Tom are so natural together by mm-hmm. this point, you know? Yeah. Um, you can't yeah. fault her, um, the way that she puts herself into the role with Tom. No, and absolutely. Yeah. Like, like you said, they just fit so well together. And when, when they're on screen, it doesn't feel like anything's forced. It doesn't feel like they're having to work hard to get their on-screen sort of relationship happening. It's just there, it feels like. Yeah. It's very cool. And um, yeah, I completely agree. And what about Tom then? Because it's an interesting story for him because he gets he's in it a, an awful lot. Yeah. You know, because there are some stories where, you know, the, the Doctor's not in it quite as much, you know. Um, but for, for this one, he's in it an awful lot. I mean, there's a lot of running away, there's a lot of, plans to be made a lot of conversations a lot of explanation he's he's often you know educating the other cast members or the other characters should i say about what's happening you know mm-hmm. and they never can quite figure out if he's a sorcerer if he's you know if he's legit and whatever so he's in it an awful lot and he's got a lot of lines to go through yeah. um but usual tom well just, I, I was gonna say yeah. i love tom in this but in a different way from my love tom in say city of death right. um you know that tom does change as mm-hmm. the doctor in, in you know in in all stories really um but i like him in this because he's very he's almost like a toned down very serious quite an action doctor as yes. well isn't he at the start yeah. we've got him fighting uh we've got him doing karate he's almost mm-hmm. a bit third doctor we've got him riding a horse uh you know he's quite the action doctor in yeah. the start of this and and then at the end it's you know comes back to the sort of almost slightly comedic fourth doctor when he comes out with a salami sandwich line at the end. And so, um, but I, I love Tom's performance in this. He seems more serious than some stories. Uh-huh. Um, you know, as I said, if you sort of compare it to the fourth doctor in city of death, which is very comedic and I, and I love him in city of death, this one, he seems to be more serious and toned down and I, and I really like it. I love his performance in this. Um, but especially him and Sarah Jane, uh, I know they're always good together, but they just it's just the relaxedness between the two of them in this yeah. story I particularly yeah. liked, you know, from doing the sort of comedy at the start where he's telling her to count the alphabet backwards, you know, to the more serious in the episode four where Sarah Jane's saying, well, could it be through the religion? And he's like, yes, it could. And, you know, that mm-hmm. just, the, the, as I said, the natural, the natural um, interaction between the two is, is, is just brilliant by this point. Yeah. There's, they're so good at, together in this. Yeah. They, they really bring the story up for me, mm-hmm. you know, from, from the beginning, right to the end, they, you know, the two of them really bring the story up. Yes. I think. Yeah. No, I'm glad you said most of that because that's pretty much what I had written down. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, I think Tom's great, but in a slightly different way. Because as you yeah, said, it does different. change slightly. Like his approach to the character does change. And in this one, and as I said, he's got loads to do in this, as well as all of the mm. conversations and script stuff. He's in it action-wise. and So, yeah, but I think he's very, very good, just in a slightly more intense Slightly toned-down performance, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, not so much sort of quick one-liners and comedy moments, but That's more right. sort of, you know, to the point and quite serious. Which is not yeah, a bad thing, but... I was going to say, whereas we don't get as many sort of one-liners, we get nice little moments, don't we? So mm. like when he pops the orange on the end of the sword, yeah. you know, just yeah. to, just diffuses the situation, mm-hmm. you know, that way um, and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it's really nice, nice stuff to watch, actually. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to mention before our scores? 
Uh, no, only that um, I like Dudley Simpson's score in it. It really suits the story. I mean, I always like Dudley's music. Yeah. Uh, well, I, yeah, I nearly always like it. I think there is one story, actually, I said it was a bit off, but I can't remember what it is. But generally, I, I just love Dudley Simpson's music, and it really suits this sort of, you know, mm-hmm. when, when this was set and the flutes and the little, it's got this shaky, what do you call that instrument? Um, yeah, keeps shaker. doing this yeah. a shaker yeah. it's so simple mm-hmm. and, I, and i love it i'm sure that's in blake seven as well i kept thinking i'm <laughs> sure he's reused that um so yeah i really like the music it, it helps set the tone when sometimes as i said it drags and there's yeah. not yeah. much going on his music helps to make the story flow along quite nicely i think agreed yeah. he did he did have mm-hmm. a, a great talent for matching his scores to the story you can tell it's a that, nice yeah, yeah you can tell he actually read the script yes <laughs> and write music for that story it's very good yeah i do i love his music yeah okay okay wait you can go first mate you haven't been here for a okay. while after all you. right um I, I do think it's a decent watch a very nice production um i'm going to give it a seven um because okay. i think it's solid it's never going to be one of my favorites um but i don't think it deserves lower than that i mean i'll, I'll see what you give it but <laughs> although it's not my favorite and it does plod along I, I do think it's a lovely production so yeah. seven uh You've read my mind, mate. It's a seven from me. It's a seven. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, for that very reason, I think it's produced very nicely. It's, um, I think the characters are on point for the most part. Great performances, and uh, Tom brings something slightly different to his character as he's progressing yeah. his approach to it. Yeah. So, and it, like you said, it's a solid story. You can't really fault it too much. Just it's a, one you have yeah. to be in the mood for, isn't it? Absolutely. It's not one that I'm going to gravitate towards. That you know, a bit like you with Remembrance. You know, just where it's not a story that I'd never get bored of watching. Yeah. I have to be in the mood for it. But when I am in the mood for it, it's decent. Yes. Mm. And what did our lovely listeners think? Um, mm. I, I did a Twitter poll, I think, ages ago, but I can't remember. <laughs> I couldn't find it anyway. But we did have a tweet oh, no. coming from uh, Tardis Files HQ that said a bit of a Marmite story. Uh, when I first watched it, I found the plot dull and a bit boring. But after a second watch, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, it still was a little bit dull in my opinion, but overall, it was a good rewatch. And the effects are so bad, they're good. Seven out of ten. It's not not that many effects in it, really, apart from the Helix energy, isn't it? Because yeah. uh, I was thinking that there's not that many effects in it. No. Mm. Uh, before going over to Facebook, we did have an audio clip in. Uh, oh, cool. This is from George Buddy. Hello, Gary and Adam. Hope you guys are well. So, the masks, the mask of Mandragora. I actually really enjoyed this story. I love the setting of 15th century Italy in San Martino. The call of Demos are an interesting threat, but the Mandragora helix concept confused me slightly. Tom Baker is brilliant as ever as the Doctor, as is Elizabeth Sladen as Sarah Jane. Such a great companion partnership. Gareth Armstrong is a good supporting character as well in Giuliano. I give the mask of Mandragora a 7 out of 10. See you guys next week. Very cool. Cheers, George. And he spelt it. Sorry, he pronounced it correctly, which we didn't do. <laughs> I know. I knew I'd get it wrong. I always do. Over on Facebook, Nick Gill says, uh, it's a beautifully constructed Tom story. Sets the historical backup story well and delivers a satisfying finale. Maybe slower paced than normal, but I think that's half of the charm as the story builds to a climax very quickly towards the end. Mm. Uh, Luke East says, was the first Target novel I can remember reading from cover to cover. Um, oh. Tom and Liz are on top form. I particularly enjoy the bit about the TARDIS boot cupboard. Um, yeah. A good historical story. Um, uh, hoping to see more historicals from Chibnall. 
Mm, I think true. we might actually. Yeah. Got a feeling, yeah. Joseph Howarth says, was a great pseudo-historical story, had a right amount of gothic and dark atmosphere, and the scenery and the costumes and the supporting cast really did bring the story to life uh, and give you an impression of the 15th century Italy. Um, the villain stands out in a good way and is very memorable throughout. Um, bit of a talky one, um, but it really does pay off in terms of building up to the climax. Eight out of ten. Martin mm-hmm. Arnold, I really love this episode. A spooky mix of occult astrology and sci-fi topped off with a wonderful villain who really stands out. Um, uh, I get the sense the episode isn't regarded as a, as a classic, um, but I could be wrong. Clear Nostradamus influence here on the story and the creepy cult guys eventually get taken over for a great climax. Um, if you'll excuse me, I'll consult the heavens for a score of eight star <laughs> signs out of ten. And lastly, <laughs> Charlie Turner says, not a standout favourite for me in Tom's era, but it's produced well, and I give it much credit. The story itself is pretty good for the most part, but it's all right at best. Six out of ten. Six out of ten, okay. Yeah. I'm assuming you didn't have anything on the Geek's Handbag, because you ain't been here. Uh, no, I did. Oh, you did? I, I, yeah, I sneaked a little post out last night. Holy actually. moly, go for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, I had, so Jake the Burt Whistle says uh, he wouldn't say he wouldn't even say no to a salami sandwich, which, of course, <laughs> is a quote. That is so bizarre, that ending. That's what the fourth doctor says at the end. It's bizarre. Um, Hendrix Chaplin says, considering Tom Baker is my favorite doctor, he really struggles with this one and thinks it's easily forgettable. Yeah, hmm. I know. I kind of oh. know where you're coming from, Hendrix. Uh, Alex Kaffer, Kaffer Joe Glue, who I met uh, on Saturday, by the way. Hello, Alex. Um, says uh, he loves the opening scenes where the Helix attacks the TARDIS and they end up in the weird void. In general, I enjoyed the story, he says. Uh, you can count on one hand the number of times Tom had a story in Earth's past. So it makes a nice change, which is a very good point. Actually, it does make a nice change. Uh, Alex gives it 7.5 out of 10, so slightly above us. Bradley Willard, uh, a very underrated story in a really good season. Uh, Our two leads are on in the form of Tom Baker and Liz Sladen continue to produce absolute magic on screen, he says, and have fantastic chemistry together, whilst the supporting cast are effectively likable and memorable to help the four parts travel at a consistently well-timed pace. Okay. Although the scientific elements surrounding the Mandragora helix may be a tad complicated for the average viewer to understand, there's still a lot to enjoy with the setting, uh, the communication between the characters, and some very impressive visual effects for the time. And Bradley gives it an 8 out of 10, so quite a big fan. And finally, uh, Jason Howe says it's one of the best Ooh. Right, Jace loves it. Uh, introduced the beautiful secondary console room. Or is it the original, he says. Yeah, it's lovely, <laughs> that console room. I agree with you. So, pretty positive. I'd but so. one, mm. one there that says it's a bit forgettable. I, I kind of know what he means, although I like it and think it's decent. It is one that gets lost. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't reach those heights of classic, does it? I don't Not know why. Quite. It just doesn't quite. It's like it's climbing the wall. It's <laughs> nearly there, but it doesn't make it. Yeah, I read you. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, thank you all so much for sending in your reviews and thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Next week, we're back to Torchwood. That's what we're doing, Ooh, Yeah. Buddy. Yeah, next week. So Ghost Machine, Ghost Machine. is the next episode. Um, yeah, Torchwood. So get that watched. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I feel like I'm going to go back and watch day one, which you reviewed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to ca- have a bit of a Torchwood catch-up next week and then on to Ghost Machine. So, yeah, send in your reviews to that one. I'm looking forward to that. Awesome source. Yes. I think we'll do there for 190. Okay.
thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking with us for episode 190. It's been really cool to uh, have some news and merch to talk about. Yeah, it has. It has been a bit dry of late. I had a couple of bits last mm. week which we were surprised about, but before then it's been a barren, desolate. <laughs> uh, as Phil said last week, Chibnall's obviously running a very tight ship. Yes. Because there's hardly anything coming out of the camp. I'm so kind of liking that though. I'm kind of oh, yeah. liking it. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Uh, thank you so much for all of you sending in your thoughts and reviews uh, for the Mask of Mandragora. <laughs> Next week it's Torchwood. Get that watched because we'll be asking for your reviews as per usual. Yeah. In the meantime, head over to the website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our previous episodes there. And you can link off to all of the social stuff. We have a good old chat about who during the week between episodes. Mm. So link off to Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, all that stuff. Give us a like and a follow. Uh, also find us on all of the podcast networks, notably iTunes. Um, just do a search for Big Blue Box Podcast. You can find us on there. And if you are an iTunes listener, um, if you could give us a rating and a review, that would be amazing because it really helps us. Or otherwise, you can find us on everything else. Spotify... Um, Podbean, uh, Stitcher Radio, all of that stuff, you'll be able to find us on there. Also, check out Adam's channel, The Geeks Handbag. <laughs> Geeks Handbag, go and have a look. Adam runs his own thing over on YouTube. Loads of really, really cool videos, content over there. Go over, just search for The Geeks Handbag, give him a subscribe, and like all of his vids, they're all very, very cool. <laughs> and he's also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all that stuff. Yeah. He's on all the stuffs. I'm on it. He's on it. But I'm not on, what's it called? Stitch. I need to get on Stitch. Stitcher. <laughs> St- no, what's it called? Oh, the, the... Oh, oh, sorry, yeah. Twitch. Twitch. Is it? Stitch, yeah. Twitch. Stitch. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I, I'm not with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so check out loads of Classic Who. Yeah, Most will, nights yeah. over on Twitch. You can't go yeah, wrong. But... So we'll look forward to seeing you next week, episode 191. In the meantime, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, (sighs) hey. hey.